It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of The Table, and uh, welcome to a new month. We're in October, uh, and we are this whole month we're talking about holidays and uh, the holiday season that's that's coming upon us and what that could look like. And I am joined by my friend Kevin. Kevin, how's it going? I am well, brother. How are you? Doing fantastic. Doing Great. really cool. Good. Tell us about you. All things Kevin, where are you at, and um, what kind of where are you located, ministry, family life? Sure. So uh, my name is Kevin Hunsinger. I'm the redemptive uh, arts pastor at Family Life Christian Church up here in the beautiful northwest Montana, which is Kalispell. Uh, married 28 years to my amazing wife, Janet, and we have three children who are out of the house. Can I get a praise the Lord on that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we've been, I've been currently full-time in ministry here in Northwest Montana. It'll be eight years today, actually. And uh, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's just beautiful here, and, and the Lord's really just blessed me being here. So, yeah, great to be here. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're talking holidays and uh, mm. talking holidays today. And um, a lot of people in ministry kind of start getting the overwhelmed feeling around the holidays because of what yeah. it means for Sunday morning experience. Oh, but yes. you don't you don't get overwhelmed. You don't get overwhelmed. No. Tell us. Tell us why. Tell us why you don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> well, you know, and something you and I have kind of talked about this outside of this, but it's uh, it's because we don't make a giant production out of Easter or Christmas. Um, and we, we do that for just, a, there's a whole myriad of reasons why. Um, but really, uh, for us is the understanding of making every single event that we have the same as the next. So we don't have people coming in who I call, by the way, I call them CEOs. So the Christian or the Christmas and Easter onlys. Yep. Yeah. Call yeah. Them CEOs. So they come in and they see this giant production that, you know, People and worship leaders and pastors and volunteers and staff spend hours and hours and, and lots of money uh, yep. putting into those events only for them to maybe return the next week going, well, what happened with all the, all the things? All the things aren't here anymore. And uh, I think we kind of do that a disservice. And, uh, and I think we end up really, I believe that we kind of create this, we perpetuate this behavior. By doing that, it's like, well, I'll just come back next Easter or Christmas because that's when the big thing happens instead yeah. of leading him to um, just just a life changing event or moment of just teaching what the Bible says. That's so good. That's so good. What what kind of led you to that place? Is that so, is this something that you've kind of always had this posture in ministry or is this a kind of newfound thing like what got you to the place where i mean you kind of go through any training in worship leading and ministry and it's like the expectation is just kind of like un unspoken set that it's going to look a certain way um how did you kind of get to the point where you're uh doing this i i think um and again there's 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 multiple reasons but to touch on a couple of them i think for me 
um, is, you know, a lot of us deal with a strictly volunteer um, group of people, whether it be on the platform, behind the scenes, um, and taking those those events, which can sometimes run into a Sunday, like Christmas this year is yep. Sunday, um, and and you create these big things and all the stress, you kind of take away from that family aspect, and you're asking people to not be with their families. Um, it's that whole mindset of just trying to give back to those volunteers. Um, that's just a piece of it where you want to bless them without having to feel like they have to put in so much effort. Uh, just for a single event. I mean, that's part of it. And the other part is kind of what we were talking about before is that um, really want to kind of lead the people that come in and visit on those Sundays into something bigger, you know, so they are hungry for whatever comes next and knowing that every single Sunday is really Easter. Every single Sunday is really Christmas. We celebrate both of those things every time we meet is that why can't we make that something normative, but then also think about, the human aspect in getting people to have time off with their families. And so all of those things combined is what really made us start to think, well, let's, let's rethink how we do this. Do we have to do it this way? And so on. So that's kind of how we kind of, you know, navigated to that understanding of uh, rethinking those holidays. Yeah. And did you, I mean, you mentioned a second ago that you, you've kind of feel like it's perpetuated where like Christmas and Easter is where we do big things. Have you seen, have you seen that kind of, um, how have you seen that in like people who may only come on Christmas? Are you, or do you guys see a big influx on Christmas or is it like, like overall are people just kind of like, is your church culture, like we just kind of come to the, we just come to church, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, we, we, we do. In fact, we even get some comments from people who uh, maybe come in for families coming in for people who actually call this home. And maybe experience it for the first time here, and they go, "Wow, you guys! Um, it was a great service, but we didn't. We expected to see, you know, I don't know what they expect, but they expected a huge production choir, maybe a cantata of some sort, and and they come in, and they see it, and and they're like, man, it's just it's it's like every Sunday, and it's and he goes, there's something relieving about it. They said it it feels more like home, ah. not like you're planning for some kind of external event i can't really explain it but when they explain it it makes sense to me it's like okay it's just like coming home and it's not having to worry about you know messing up the uh the christmas tree ornaments or something everything is just the way it is always so you know it's really uh and we do see an influx and easter and christmas are always the same you know we get large amounts of people that come in those two time a year christian people that come in the christians that come in twice a year yep and um, and we do um, we don't see a lot of them. It isn't like we convert them and they come in. But there are some that say, well, "I'm interested in this because I want to come back and see, you know, what's going on here." And so, because it's unique, it's not normative for it to be that way. I I love it. I love it. What? How would you respond to the argument that Christmas and Easter are meant to be celebrated? So shouldn't it, the celebration be huge? Because I know there's people listening right now that go, "Are are are we kind of?" Is it not that we're watering down the celebration, but like celebration of like Christmas morning and Christmas and they're, aren't they meant to be big? But I kind of love what you said a minute ago about making it normative, but like talk a little bit about that. Cause I know I can, I know there's people listening right now that are thinking, gosh, if I went back to my staff and, and brought this to their idea, the first thing's going to be, do you like the worship pastor is going to go or the pastor is going to go, do you just not want to do extra work or what is the, like it, because it that that can be, 
kind of like, yeah, how, how would you respond to that argument? Well, you know, and it's a good question. And it's not for everybody, really. Um, because I know that there are people that have been doing it or churches that have been doing this for just eons and it's normative for them to have big productions on those days. But, you know, my, my thought would be, let's, let's have the conversation as to why we do it. Because if we were to really think scripturally, Easter, you know, his resurrection isn't really on that day and neither is Christmas really wasn't on that day in winter. So that conversation needs to kind of happen first and and then understand, well, then aren't we really just doing these things and on every single Sunday? And the other thought would be, what can we do that maybe can directly influence our communities? Uh, like for us here, instead of spending all of this money and time on that, we actually direct it towards um, warming centers here for winter time, especially for the homeless. Yep. Uh, we have a large population of homeless children here from grade school up to high school. Wow. And so we really try to focus on that. So those funds, instead of going into big productions, kind of go into those moments and being more intentional in our communities. And, and those are the conversations that I think we need to have. It's not... Uh, whether it's right or wrong to have big productions on Easter Sunday, because you do you and that's fine. Yep. Um, but the bigger question is, is the church is in the community. So what can we do that could directly have a longer impact um, in this community that the people can see that we're actually, we care about the people in the community, not just on Easter and Christmas, if that makes sense. Yeah. I love, I'm loving this so much because I know that's I that's like that you're like speaking my love language here because I know um it's just so it's uh like the like thinking longer impact and longer longer connection point in relationships and how you do things and like what's important on the holidays I love uh how you said understanding your why and like why you do it and how you do it um making sure that you're not just doing it because we've done it and they're doing it because and that could be why, and that, that could be your why. And then you have to kind of re-answer those questions. Um, I mean, I know a lot of times in like service planning too, and like organization in church, we kind of just, we do things because we do things like it's, and it's, and right. it, you could sit back and constantly, I'm a guy who constantly asks the questions like, why do we do greeting? Is greeting really important? Is, yeah. you know, why do we, why do we ask a question? Why is, why do we do? And so asking the why is such a good, such a good thing. Um, now, how has this as is this kind of uh, as because you you've been there for eight years, yeah. um, now was this part of your church culture before, or did you kind of bring this idea in, or was it already because it was already kind of established when you got there? With talk to us about that. Yeah, no, um, it wasn't. Um, it you know everyone had this big thought of uh, big production when I first got here, but it it started off with the question of why, and that's and I think that's such an important question. And sitting down with with the senior pastor and then sitting down with the elders of our of our church and and having that conversation and talking about the needs of our community and uh, really kind of sparked this crazy idea of like, well, what what if we did do it differently? Why do we have to mirror the bigger church down the street? Um, why are we always trying to outdo each other? This These conversations happen in and that really is what kind of was the catalyst of really thinking, what can, what can we do better? How can we, mm-hmm. and our motto is to love better. That's what we say here. We've got stickers everywhere that people put on the back of their cars and love better. How do we do that? As Family Life Christian Church, 
How do we love better? And so those that's how that kind of happened organically. And it really wasn't a whole lot of fighting. And it, you know, it was so easy. Yep. And when you start having the conversation without being super defensive about why, because every other church is doing it that way. Um, why can't we be different? And so um, for us, it was just an easy conversation. Now that might not be the case everywhere else. Yep. Um, but I think ha- regardless. I still think if you don't choose to make your Easter's and Christmas uh, different uh, and you still want to do the big production, then still need to have the conversation is why do we do this and how can we get into our community better outside of those two days a year? Yep. And I, and I think, I mean, you could have the conversation and still end up with the same answer that doing a production is what your church is doing because that is your why. And uh, like you said, not your why, your why is not the same as everybody else's why. And, um, and yes. how now when you made the transition um, from like productions to not productions, so if somebody wanted to do that, um, let's talk about your experience. How was that received from the church? Was it like was there a little bit of a weird wait a minute, or was it like oh this is refreshing and this is yeah. like this is kind of kind of how did that go for you guys? It, it was refreshing because I think we were taking baby steps because. Uh, uh, we went into Easter um, when we first started doing this. It was kind of a normal Easter. You know, it wasn't a ginormous production, but that's when we started to make the transition. It was after Easter. And so we were trying to think, how do we get the congregation uh, to have buy-in on this? And, and, and just really was kind of having the discussion like you and I are having here. We got to a place where we said, well, how can we babysit into Christmas? So we're thinking Thanksgiving, Right. So with Thanksgiving, you know, we kind of started, how can we serve the community? Again, as talking about having that conversation, what is the needs of the community? Large homeless, a lot of people that don't make a whole lot of money here. So we switched it to Thanksgiving Day. We started preparing meals here on campus. Awesome. And we started off doing 500 meals. And now we're up to over 1,100 meals we did last year. Um, and so that was the transition. And people started going, oh, I see. They can see it, right? Mm-hmm. Vision is more caught than taught, right? And so that whole process, when they could see it, they're going, okay, now I could, now I know why we're doing this. So when Christmas happened and it was just a normal Sunday feel, people were going, this is, this is great. You know, I may be have, I may have a question now and then, Hey, are we going to have a big choir for, or a cantata for Easter? And then we'd have to have this conversation one-on-one usually. Yep. And they start to buy into it. So if we're here, it was pretty easy. People saw it and the vision caught real early. And they got excited about it. People, instead of, you know, having Thanksgiving at home, they would come here and serve first, then go home and have Thanksgiving with their families. So that was the culture shift for us here. Yeah. And I think, I mean, shifting and transitioning is, uh, I love that with people because a lot of times you, we like a ministry, especially creatives, we, we, we like jump to the idea and we want to like go for it quickly. And it's like a, it's like a culture, it's like a, slap in the face as opposed to like gently turning the ship oh, to go boy. here you go and like yeah. slowly you know you we all want to be already over here but like yeah. if, <laughs> if, if if you want to stay over here and then not be on an island you need to make sure that you slowly are, sh- yeah. are shifting um shifting that around because yeah we yeah. do it like creatives we like jump to the idea like the idea yes. is here and i want to do it now and it's let's yep. do it tomorrow and so i think it's important for people to really soak that up and go, it's not a switch that you flip and um, yeah. like, oh, let it boy. sink. But the thing is though, I think right now we're in a weird season too, where change is we're all kind of used to change with COVID and like churches moving around yeah. and like the last couple of years haven't looked the same. And so 
as you kind of are like reinventing or rebuilding, this might be a good season if you're those conversations are have, happening to leave some things behind um, and continue on or do whatever it looks like or change or COVID made. You can blame a lot of things on COVID. And I think that's sure. a, And it's in, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, we were there. We that makes, it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. So if you're True. not like if you're not doing big on Christmas and Easter, how do you structure your services? Does it just look like a normal weekend or like, do you do like extra services or kind of what is your, like, what is your, uh, what does that look like for you on, on those weekends? So, um, so they all are structured the same. So we always have a opening song and that follows right into video announcements, um, into some intentional prayer time. Um, so we have a pastor or a lay leader kind of lead us through some intentional prayer times. And then from there, we have a communion or meditation thought for communion. Yep. And then that communion is is uh, people actually get up and get their own communion throughout the three songs set in that moment. Okay. Um, so we don't pass the elements around here. And then we go into a message, um, wherever long that would be. Yeah. And and that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, we close with a song, and that's it. And so it stays the same throughout the year. Sometimes we'll we'll throw something in the loop, and we'll switch it around and put the message in the beginning. But at, overall, as a whole, it always remains the same. It can be predictable, you know, but uh, that always is up, to, you know, for us to interpret it different ways. But we don't make any changes uh, for holidays at all for that. It always stays the same. And so you go home from Christmas service like a normal Sunday. Yes. Yes. Let's hear that just a normal weekend on a on a normal thing. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. people are I I people are listening, I think, going, we can do this? Like is that a is that yeah. actually a thing? Is that a normal is that a you can do that? Go yeah. home not well, exhausted. Know- one of the things too, because you asked the question about if we have more services, and the answer is we don't. We have one single service, and our goal is here at Family Life, and, and we're kind of living out for the first time this year. We get to a certain amount of people, and we launch another church. Okay, awesome. So we've been uh, Pastor Brad Hooley, who's been under the wings of the leadership here for the past, oh, I think five years, um, is just now gotten to the point through Nexus. Uh, to release to release a church starting in October of this year. His last Sunday is this Sunday. Yeah. He's preaching his he's preaching on, on the uh, on his way out. He's got his worship leader that he has. So we get to a certain amount. We don't ever want to grow out too many services. We always want to grow up and and reach and release into the community. And so we're actually starting to do that this year. So it's always one service. And if that means we have to stuff chairs in the, into the hallway to make people fit, then that's what we're going to do. I, lo- I love that. Now, uh, this is a little bit of a sidetrack. Do you guys uh, – ha- this, so this will be the first time you've launched a church like that? Or that's – This is the first time. And, yeah. you know, the eight years since I've been here, the whole idea was we want to be able to reach, raise, and release. Yeah. And so uh, – and be able to – and to grow churches that have the same like-mindedness of family life where it's discipleship. Growing and growing up in a church, and then releasing into the community. So we just don't want to be that church, that the, the mega church or the next mega church here. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. I have great totally. relationships in the community with with giant churches here in Kalispell. And, but for us, we just we know we just want to be able to reach the community. That means we have to get into the communities that where we live to serve. Yeah, and this is again 
going back to what we talked about a minute ago, this is your why. This is this is your why you do it. This is your why you why you exist. Yeah. And answering that question is a big deal. Um, now, do you uh, talking about again about the Christmas weekends and Easter stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you guys do anything like extra extracurricular events on the holidays? Do you like Easter egg hunts and like all of those things that can kind of come around the holidays? You know, I think the answer is simply like for Easter, the children's ministry will will usually have something during the service um, on Easter. Yep. Sometimes it's it's a egg hunt in our back lot, um, but we don't have anything that's super crazy. So we don't have events outside of that or outside of a normal Sunday uh, for anybody to come to for that. Uh, with the exception of Christmas, we do have a live nativity um, for the week leading up to Easter, or Easter for the week leading up to uh, Christmas Eve. Oh, awesome! So, um, but we, you know, we have trolley car that comes around that goes through all the Christmas lights here, and so they saw the light live nativity outside of the church, and that's now one of their stops. And so that was a good outreach for us. We thought, okay, this makes sense because we're reaching in the community, yep. giving information about what we do in the community. So that stuff makes sense. But outside of that. Um, nothing else crazy. Gosh, you guys, I'm loving this conversation. Not, there's so many churches that I work with that don't, that can't like accurately, accurately uh, um, relay the vision and mission of what the church stands for and what did it, why, why the church exists and what it's doing. Um, and I just love the fact that you're every question I'm asking, you are able to like frame it in a fact that like, this is the church and this is why we do what we do. Cause then not that I would ever argue what you're saying, but like, there's no argument. There's no, like, there's no like, Oh, Kevin decided not to do it because he didn't want to, or Kevin decided not to do it. Cause right. like, Oh, you wanted to cancel that because it didn't, it's too much work. Or like, Oh, you wanted to do that. Cause it was, Oh, it's nothing's personal. Everything is like, we are, we are contributing to a mission to, for our church. Yes. And we want to move that forward. Um, and, like actually make sense as to what it is that we're doing and not just do it because like the book I read said to do it. Like it's to do it because we exist. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I'm just, I'm disagreeing with you. And I think, you know, it's always about being value driven and in utilizing our time to the best of our ability. Um, And that includes the people that, that want to volunteer underneath us. And um, they just want to be able to see that there's something fruitful. Um, and it's more than just being fruitful on one single day or, yep. or several services over a single day. Um, seeing seeing the light of it all at the end going, oh, I can see the value in that. Uh, like, for instance, when we when we go out in the community and give food uh, for Thanksgiving, seeing the looks on the people's faces and saying they can't believe that someone stopped by and just knocked on my door because they just happened to have an extra meal on hand. Yep. Um, seeing that and going, oh man, it's, I'm making a difference. Um, that's that's what it's all about. Yep. In in really doing what Jesus would do. And again, and, and this isn't a knock on anybody else. This is just this is us. This is our culture, and this is what we want to have go out as churches start to be released from here, even from our sister church, is creating value driven churches that create value driven churches. Yes, I love it. Um. Do you have any other thoughts you wanted to add in there before we kind of wrap up? You know, I don't think so. I think um, really I could sit here and kind of, and, and just kind of beat it to death because yeah. we get, we, we get excited about it when we can, we can actually get in the community and love on them. Um, 
it's just and it gets people excited and the kids are excited about helping too. Yep. those kind of things we can talk about forever. But I think the the really would be just think about it. If at the very least have that conversation with your with your church directors or elders, senior pastor and leadership, ask the question why. And then if it isn't to change that, what can we do better in our communities? And and just have that discussion because man, if the community can see that we can work together, and, and that just not just means, you know, just me here, but what about us in another church down the street? How can we get together to do these things and people can see that we love each other and we really love the people in the community? What just think about what can be changed. Yep. It's mind blowing. So that's so good. Um, so this podcast is called The Table. And I believe good conversation happens around good food. And you live mm. around Huckleberry milkshakes, but that's yeah. beside the point. I love <laughs> my good Huckleberry milkshake. Uh, but what if I was coming over to your house for dinner? Like, what is what does dinner look like at your house? What are, what would you be putting on the table? What's kind of like your like go to or like something that you really love to do? So I'm a foodie. I love fantastic. Food. Tell us okay. all. Of it. Tell us all. Of it. And so for me, what I enjoy um, over the fact that uh, of making or spending time making glorious, whatever. Yeah. Is the conversation that, that that's allowed through that time frame. So I like eating slow meals. And so what I mean by that is something like, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with uh, like Spanish tapas. Oh tapas yeah. Is, just small bites, right? So just having multiple courses of small bites where we have long time in between uh, each of the courses, uh, like charcuterie boards are great or, oh, or yeah. adult lunchables. I don't yeah. know, whatever you're, whatever you want to call them. Uh, but <laughs> have you seen that? I do. Have you seen that meme of a tackle box and it says snackle box? Brilliant. <laughs> snackle box. I thought that was. I'm all about it. I'm all about I think the snackle great. box. Yes. Uh, oh, go ahead. But, Sorry. Those, but those are the kind of things that I, for me, you know, when I'm inviting somebody over, I don't want to just be able to get to the meal and leave. Yeah. I want to get to the meal in, in fellowship. And I, and I think about the, t- the Lord's table and that kind of mindset where they weren't in a hurry. They spent that time together. They yes. asked each other questions. They talked about things. They enjoyed each other's company. And so that for me, that's the beauty is it's the food is good. That's great. But that's only a piece of it. The bonus is the fellowship behind it. And the longer the, the kind of spread out makes you stay there longer and kind of live in yes. that a little bit, live in that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I love that. Oh, my gosh, I love that. You. Yeah. That's a, that's that, that's like the heart of that question is I always oh. we like to end this. But po- we like to end the podcast with that question because it's like. I think that just it can kind of bring this full circle and uh, yeah. and get to have some fun stuff with that. But yeah, yes, sir. Hey, thank you so much for today. This is great. Like I, this is such a good information and just um, again like leaving with the idea of the why and yeah. like w- understanding your why and understanding why you do it. Kind of asking yourself all those questions is such a big deal. So yes, sir. Well, thank you so much, man. It's been a great time uh, getting to reconnect with you again, and yep. hoping to get you out here next year. Let's do it. Uh, but thank you, man. It, it was a blessing to be to be asked to do this today. Absolutely. We will see you guys next week.